0: Isn't it great to be in God's house today, to feel this wonderful spirit? Now what I've been trying to convince you of, not just from a a standpoint of regulation and rule, but from the fact that it's so vitally important that you get this, and so I cannot emphasize it enough, the value of a daily devotion with God. I cannot make it more important than what it is. It's impossible. And knowing that that's not enough by itself, you have to have a ministry to the Lord. You've got to go beyond that. It has to be a ministry under the Lord and that helps you understand how to gain value from coming to church. It's the reason why people can come to church and not get any value out of it. It's because they don't walk with God every day. If you're not in the word of the Lord, that's what we do here. We preach the word. And if there's no value in the word in your life, then how are you going to come to church and gain any value from it? It would only be the entertainment value. And that's not good enough. The American church has to be careful that we do not allow ourselves to become trapped in that entertainment type thinking. Now, here's another component to this ministry under the Lord. This is what I want you to experience. This is what I want you to get down in your spirit. And it's found in the very first words of the book of Revelation chapter 1 verse 1. It's just right there. And it's powerful. And it tells you exactly what the book is. Now, we often call it the book of revelations. Most people use the plural, but it's not plural, is it? Singular. And there's a reason why it's singular, because there's only one revelation. And that's the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's what I want you to experience. Because if you do see Jesus, if you ever experience Jesus if he's ever revealed to you in that daily walk in the word through life through ministry it'll lift you above every offense there won't be an adversity that comes against you that you won't be able to overcome and I'm not just talking about overcoming it and surviving it I mean I'm looking at a bunch of survivors in the house you've survived a lot of storms. And that's a good thing. I'm not not against that at all. But I don't want you to just survive and barely make it and and always messed up over what you're going through. Because everybody here, listen to me, everybody here's going through something. Everyone here. Whether it was of their own making or whether somebody else did it to them or whatever, you're going through something. But... Yet, I want you to thrive. I want you to not only make it, I want you to enjoy life. I want you to say, this is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Here's what I'm very careful of in my life because it's very easy to fall into this trap where the only way you interpret God is by what you've experienced in the past. If that is true, then you're worshiping your experience and not God because I'm going to tell you, anything you've ever experienced before, God's 10,000 times bigger than that. And anything you've seen him do. Have you? Where were you when he created the heavens and the earth? That's the question he asked Job. Now that was a pretty significant question because that's the question you need to ask yourself. Were you there? Because that's a pretty big deal. And it's bigger than your adversity. It's bigger than your trial. It's bigger than, your, it's bigger than anything you've ever experienced before. We get to enjoy it today, and I thank God for that. But here, let's read the text and kind of show you how to do this. It's real simple. It, it just tells you right here. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto John. Are unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto the servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ, and of all the things that he saw. Now, here's the blessing. Blessed is he that readeth this. Blessed is he that hear the words of the prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein. For the time is at hand. Here's your sequence you got to read it, hear it, and keep it. That's that simple. That you need to start reading the Word, and you need to hear the Word. It needs to speak to you. If the Word's not talking to you, now obviously you want to know what God's saying about everybody else. But we're not soothsayers. That's not our job. We're not sorcerers. We're not here to determine what God's saying to you unless the Lord has moved on us prophetically to speak into your life. God wants to speak to me about me. Where am I going to get that? This book in prayer, in that daily devotion for the time is at hand. And then let's jump down to verse 10 because here's the result. Man, you can be on the Isle of Patmos and still have church. You can be in the midst of a pandemic and still have Holy Ghost Church in your home if we're quarantined or if we're social distanced. It doesn't have to be a certain way. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. And I heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in the book, send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Tyra, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. And so I want to talk to you about the three dimensions of the revelation of Jesus Christ. I I want you to experience it. And here's the good news. I don't care who you are. He wants to reveal himself to you. There's no such thing. Oh, Brother Kenzie, he's the only one that got the revelation. No, there's a lot of people in this room that has this revelation. And I want you to get it. It'll help you worship when you're mad as a hornet. It'll help you even when you want to punch the person you're standing next to. Sister Rachel, I know you do, praise God. (laughs) Even when it, it, it will move you to worship. Three dimensions, God bless you, you may be seated. The word revelation is in the first verse singular and not plural because the reason has meaning. This book is a revelation of a singular subject and topic. Of a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. And what follows these verses is a mighty statement concerning the ultimate purpose of Jesus. Here's the reason why number one, reason why people do not get a revelation of Jesus Christ that may come to church and have the Holy Ghost and never really get a revelation of Jesus Christ is because they do not read. They do not hear and they do not live the word of God. God reveals himself to people who read, who hear, and who live this word of God. But you've got to also understand the time is at hand. I mean, I have heard this all of my life. I've been in church ever since I was a kid. I was raised in church. I've heard the time is at hand. Jesus is coming way back yonder. I wasn't at the youth camp when Brother Kershaw was preaching about when they cut the barbed wire and and take Jerusalem, Jesus is going to come. And they had more people get the Holy Ghost in that youth camp. They were screaming. They were crying. My sister came home with the Holy Ghost, and I was very glad. (laughs) Thank God the Lord is moving. Amen. She came home with the Holy Ghost, all excited, believing that God was coming now. I've heard that since the 60s ever since I can remember, but yet I've never lost my sense of urgency. I still have that same urgency in this service right here. I still have the urgency of eternity in my heart right now in this service because I don't know whose soul is being weighed in the balance who might get this revelation this morning, who might receive the Holy Ghost today, who might say, I think I'll persevere. I think I'll live another day. I'm going to make it through what I'm going through. I'm going to come out on the other side, and I'm going to be victorious. Well, what do you want me to do this morning? I want you to get in the spirit on the Lord's day. Somebody needs to rise above their circumstance right now at this very moment. You ought to just let the devil know I'm going to clap my hands. I'm going to worship my God. I'm going to get in the spirit now. Come on, church, I think we ought to fight the devil now. There's a sense of urgency that ought to be on every one of you. The time is at hand. Man, I remember when they came and taught all this prophecy stuff and they put this big old mural up and they just scrolled it out there in front of the church. It just scared the ever-living daylights out of me. When we were living in O'Cala, Florida, back when I was a kid, Brother Gambling came around showing all of this, you know, they had the little clicker thing that clicked the little slides, and he was showing all the end of the world and nuclear bombs, and I was crying and screaming and carrying on. That's when I was a kid, but there's more urgency now than there's ever been. There are verses I couldn't interpret when I was studying prophecy like the days are going to have to be shortened or the elect would not be saved. I can understand exactly why he put that in the Bible. I can understand now and you can see it developing in our entire world. I said, well, what do we need to do in the midst of all of this? I'll tell you what we need. We need a revelation of Jesus Christ. Because if you can get in the spirit, it'll turn you away from your circumstance. Your Isle of Patmos will no longer hold you back. Now, everybody here's got your Patmos. You've got your wasteland. You've got your desperation. You've got your despair. Things you can't change. People you can't change. People you wish you could bump off and God won't do it. The people that you wish you could remove from your life and make your life just a little bit less miserable. But God's not doing that just yet. It's he. But he's asking you to show Jesus to them. He's asking you to show them you can overcome anything. You can still have a good spirit even when you're in Patmos because the spirit can turn you away from your circumstance and turn you to the living Christ. The past understanding of what we have experienced yesterday, it's not going to be like it used to be, but there's new insight. There is a future, and the church has a purpose in this hour, and you are the church. This building is not the church. You're the church. You are the people of God. You are the people of Jesus Christ. You are the people of his name. You not only bear his name in symbol, but you bear it in water baptism. And you ought to be a thankful that God chose you out of everybody in the world to be a bearer of that name and to hold that testimony in your heart. I know who Jesus is. And I've got Jesus. Hey, I'm excited here today because Jesus can change everything. He can turn it all around with one word in your life. If you've never met Jesus, you need to meet him. There are three dimensions of this revelation. The first is found in the gospels and the epistles. When addressing the life and the earthly ministry of Jesus, it was John in 12, 38 said that that the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled which he spake lord who hath believed our report and to whom hath the arm of the lord been revealed the arm of the lord is always revealed it's a rhetorical questions that are asked which the question is the answer that the arm of the lord is revealed to those who believe the report how many of you believe the eyewitness report of the apostles in First Peter 1 and 12, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things that angels desire to look into. The Pentecostal church still believes in the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because you cannot preach the revelation of Jesus Christ if you don't let the Holy Ghost move because no man can call Jesus Lord except by the Spirit of God. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you you can call his name all you want to. You can say he's God, but that doesn't mean he's Lord of your life. That's why you need a good old-fashioned dose of the Holy Ghost. Some of you could use a new, fresh touch of the Holy Ghost. You look like your attitude got messed up this past week, and you need to walk in here and get a fresh understanding and revelation and start blessing the Lord, start smiling like you act like you got something instead of trying to get something, you ought to say, I've got it, praise the name. I don't know how God's going to work it out, but I know he is. I know he's going to bless us. I know he's going to help us. Second Peter 1:16, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And that is the report that they have spoken. And that's the report I believe. I believe that he died on the cross. I believe that he was buried in a borrowed tomb. And I believe that he resurrected on the third day. I believe he poured out his spirit according to prophetic word and in fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, that they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost as prophesied by Isaiah, and they spoke with tongues. And that's how you'll know whether or not you've received the initial evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost is speaking with other tongues. That is how you know. And then when you're baptized in His name, that's the authority that gives you identity that you now belong to the family of God. You're not on the outside. I said, you're not isolated from others. You're in the house today and you have an identity and your identity is Jesus Christ. When I shout his name, you ought to cry out, hallelujah. When I say Jesus can do anything, you ought to say yes and amen. When I speak his name, somebody ought to respond to that and say, there's none like him. There is nothing like my Jesus. There is nothing like the truth. There is nothing like him. How many of you are thankful you're saved? That's your first dimension. I've got the Holy Ghost in fire. I've been baptized by water, by immersion in the wonderful name of Jesus. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Somebody ought to thank God they're saved. But I'm gonna skip the second one for just a moment. I'm gonna to go to the third dimension real quick because I want you to understand there's a difference between you getting saved and that revelation of Jesus and then the third dimension, which is when he comes back again a second time. Now, he came the first time as a lamb, but he's gonna reveal himself the second time when he comes as the lion. And the battle of Armageddon is gonna be fought according to the book of Revelation. And they're going to all gather, all the nations of the world are going to gather against Israel. And that includes the United States and any other nation of the world. All the nations of the world are going to gather against Israel. And if God does not stop that battle, all of mankind will be destroyed and the earth will be completely wiped out. And so Jesus is going to return to the earth, and reveal himself to the whole world, and he's going to overthrow the governments of the world and the systems that now are, my, my, just the. Now, if you don't have that revelation, no wonder you, you messed up. No wonder you can't overcome an offense. No wonder your hurt feelings have got you bound to where you can't even say amen in the house of the Lord because you have no hope of a future of what Jesus is about to do. He's going to return to this earth. Now the dead in Christ shall rise first, but we which are alive and remain shall be caught up in the air to meet him in the air. You say, well, Brother Kinsey, if we're alive, how are we going to know it's Jesus that comes back? If you start floating all up in the air and you go meet him about 30,000 feet in the sky, you you pretty much can tell, that him, that ain't no imposter. He's the boss. That's what Braden said. Jesus is the boss. He said I was the boss, but really, Jesus is the boss. And Jesus, when he returns, he's going to come back for a people that have made themselves ready. I just want to know, are you ready for that second coming and that third dimension of the revelation of Jesus Christ? Are you ready? Because if you're not ready, if you're playing church, if you're playing and you're not really living the word, you're not reading, you're not hearing me, Y'all not hearing me. You need to hear this. You need to do this. You need to live this. Come on, church, you need to live it. You need to live it every day. Read it. Hear it. Live it. The time is at hand. And of course, it's probably some of that evangelistic fervor in my spirit, but there's always a sense of urgency in every service that I feel that people need to get this because I don't know what awaits you next week. I don't know what's going to come around the turn of the bend. And you've got to be prepared. You've got to be ready. You've got to understand the revelation of Jesus Christ. And if you do that, then God will change you. In Luke 17, 30, even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. He's referring to the second coming. In Second Thessalonians 1 and 7, and to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be re- revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. That's the second coming. 1 Peter 1 and 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, my question to you is, what are you going to do between getting saved and making heaven? See, that's the reason why I passed up the second dimension, because Pentecost is good at the first And you're good at the third. But I want to know how you're doing in the second dimension of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Is there another dimension? Perhaps have we missed it. Perhaps in our hurry from Acts 2.38 to the end of the book of Revelation, we missed something in the middle. He wanted his disciples to receive something. He wanted his disciples to do something more than just jump up and down that Jesus is coming back. Because at the first, the disciples thought he was coming back in their day. But then Paul realized, well, maybe he's got a different plan. John showed us a whole different plan. But the spiritual attitude from the very time of the early church is the time is at hand. There ought to be a sense of urgency. And it ought to be more now, 2,000 years later. So what are we going to do in the meantime? Well, here it is. John 14 and 12, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Here's what he wanted to do. This is what I want you to get in your daily devotion. This is what ministering unto the Lord is all about, is that you start operating in his authority and doing what he did I wish somebody would just stand up and say, that is exactly right. Now, Jesus ministered to people two different ways. He laid hands on them and then he spoke to them. Okay, that's two ways he ministered. Now we're in a pandemic. Some people don't want you. I've got churches now putting red spots on people and blues and greens. If they got red on them, don't touch me. If they got blue on them, you can you can kind of bump them, but don't don't get in their face. But if they got green, you can hug them and love them and and shake their hand. I I don't know if we're gonna get there yet, but we might. To keep from shutting down, I'll put a red dot all up on you, Hallelujah, and say, Don't talk to that one. Praise God. They got an attitude deluxe. <laughs> Amen. I mean, I'm serious. This is serious. So we're going to have to learn the new level of authority. We're not going to be able to lay hands just because people are going to come in and they're going to be scared. And that's fine. We're not going to mess with them in their fear. But we are still going to speak to them. He wanted to transfer for his glory into them so they could carry on his mission. If the church is not carrying out the mission of Jesus, you don't have the second dimension of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Here's where it is, Galatians 1.16. This is what Paul told the church at Galatia. To reveal his son in me. Why? That I might preach him among the heathen. My, 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 do you see what I'm seeing here? Some of you have no authority because the only thing you do is rejoice that the fact that you're saved, but you're just looking for the second coming and you're just trying to survive what you're going through every day. And God did not design you to be a survivor only. He designed you to be an overcomer. We are more than conquerors. We are overcomers through Christ who loved us, through Christ who loved us. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. See, people who speak faith and tell you that it's going to be all right even when they don't have a revelation of Jesus Christ are only speaking out a positive mental attitude. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just simply saying there's no authority there and there's no power there. But the church needs to rediscover her authority and begin to speak to the mountain like you've got the power to move it in Jesus Christ. Without him, you can't do anything. But if his son's revealed in you, That's what I spend my time doing in that daily devotion. I spend my time, God, you need to reveal yourself in me because I got people calling me wanting answers and I have zero answers. He said, but I am the answer. He said, well, I don't know what they need to do. Do you know Jesus? Bring them to the cross. Bring them to the resurrection. Bring them to the one who made the difference in your life. It's to receive enlightenment on the important details that have not yet been observed. That's what the word revelation means. You need some details on this blessing that God has given you in this salvation message so, so that you can develop a ministry that gives you the authority. See, and when you talk about that, Pentecostals are clueless. They have no idea what I'm saying. And that's the reason why When you start talking about stuff like this, they wonder, well, man, I'm just barely trying to get over my last trial. Uh, I'm so emotionally messed up over, you know, I looked in the mirror and I I look ugly or I look older or I look, well, you ought to be me. Everybody's always putting pictures of me 30 years ago up on the YouTube and everything else. I mean, it's saying, boy, you really look different now. Shut up. (laughs) I want to say, shut the ever-loving up. <laughs> I don't need to hear you. I know, I, I know what I look like. All right? right, I get that. It, it's just life. That's the way it is. But I'm not going to sit around moping around it. I got too much to do for Jesus. I got a revelation of Jesus Christ. Well, I don't like who's on the piano, or I don't like this one, or I don't like that one that sings. You ought to worship God just to show the devil it's not about them anyway. It's about Jesus revealing himself in me. It's about me walking in my authority and being an overcomer and speaking the testimony of Jesus. That's the spirit of prophecy. And you know, everybody treats prophecy as as some kind of mystical something. It's just the testimony of Jesus. The Bible says the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. In other words, I'm going to tell you how quick I can move into the prophetic. You can receive the Holy Ghost today. You may not have it, but I know you can receive it. Why? Because it's the testimony of Jesus Christ. If I go away, if I don't go away, I can't send the comforter. But if I do go away, I can send the comforter in my name and the Holy Ghost will come upon you and will teach you things about me. That's why you get the Holy Ghost. It's not just so you can feel good and jabber in tongues. You get the Holy Ghost so that you can have the Jesus of Nazareth revealed in you. Some of you got authority and gifts. You could lay hands on or speak to the speak to the sick and they shall recover. Woo! Speak to that mountain. Come on, speak to that rock. Speak to that crisis. Show some authority. Show some power. Quit kneeling, mouthing around. Everybody here going through crises, but I still see people here who are sick, but yet they're in the house. They're troubled in their flesh, but they're in the house because they've got a revelation of Jesus Christ. I don't know if you know this, but we're the last day church now. Not tomorrow, now. So we got to research the the details of our victory. We need to research the details of our blessing that you don't even know exist. Because you jumped too many scriptures in the Bible. That's why I want you to get back in it. Because if you think I'm just, I mean, I've studied this all my life. And it's true. The corporate body of Christ is still the means for the transfer of Christ's living person to a heathen world. God chose, you are not only the bride of Christ, but you are the body of Christ. Well, the Bible said, I mean, he said that there would be no comeliness in him whereby he would be desired. If you're the body of Christ, that pretty much is true. (laughs) Hallelujah. But look at the beauty that comes when your life has been transformed by the power of salvation. Look at all the misfits that are in this house. We're just a bunch of misfits. We're from every social strata. We're from every background. Some of us are mad about the weather. Some of us are upset because our spouse looked at us wrong this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Some of us are this and some of us are that, but yet we're in the house of the Lord together, beautified by the miracle of salvation. And don't tell me that Jesus can't operate in the midst of this body with all of its dysfunction, with all of the mistakes that you've made this week. I mean, just to think about it, if I got, if God gave me a revelation of every mistake y'all've made this week and how you have not kept the word, (laughs) I'd be so messed up. But in spite of all of that, I don't even need him to reveal that. I already know it's a list longer than you got a computer big enough to list it out. But it matters not because there's power in the blood of Jesus. Church, I'm gonna operate in my authority. I'm gonna operate in my gifting. I'm gonna step out here and tell you where two or three are gathered together in my name. There will I be in the midst of them. If I got some agreement in the house where two agree touching any one thing, I come against all fear, I come against depression, I come against all of the spirit of this age. 2 Corinthians 4, 5. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves the servants of God. We need the fourth man to start walking in the fire. We need Jesus to show up on the Isle of Patmos, and you need to get in the spirit of the Lord's day. We are one fold, we are one shepherd, and we are made to bear his image and to reflect his glory. John saw Jesus clove with the garment down to the foot, meaning that he has complete perfection, total obedience, and absolute righteousness. And, and I, I don't really know how to convey this to people that sometimes get judgmental and they don't realize they're being judgmental. They think they're being helpful, trying to help people with their walk with God. And I understand that. But by the same token, my righteousness doesn't come from you. My righteousness doesn't come from my own Holiness or my own standard of holiness doesn't come from that. Say, well, where does it come from? Comes from Jesus Christ. If you would start walking in the righteousness of Christ instead of your own self righteousness, you'd have a lot better attitude. You know why? Here's what I know, because what you're criticizing other people about is generally a problem you got in your own life that you hadn't dealt with most of the time. Wow, boy, I've only got two hand claps out of this congregation, but it's the truth. And if you'd spend a lot less time criticizing everybody, maybe God would start working through you to help others find Christ. And now your holiness is working for you instead of against you because it's nothing but smoke in God's nostrils if it's self-righteousness. But if it's Christ's righteousness. I can shout now because I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. I can praise God now because I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. church. Come on. You've got Jesus in you. Do you realize you're a royal priesthood? He had a golden girdle, meaning that he was the king and the shout of the king is among us and you're a royal priesthood and you ought to begin to operate in the authority of your royalty. And you ought to have a bearing about you, not this slumped over, I'm defeated and somebody said something and I'll never make it and I'll never overcome it. That is nonsense to a true child of God full of the Holy Ghost. You ought to have a royal bearing and walk in here and say, there ain't a devil big enough that can take me out. That's what Sister Vestalane and Sister and Brother Gerald put in me. They said, there ain't a devil big enough, Brian, to take me out because Jesus is in my life and I'm operating in my authority. Come on, church. How many of you were sinners? How many of you were messed up in the world, but you came out of it? And these people can too, and the rest of this world can. are the body of Christ. You really are the people of God. When I look at you, really, when I look at you, and this is is honest to God. This is honest. A lot of times I tease you, but this is true. I see Jesus in you. Now, some of you, I only call those things that are not as though they already were. And that is the truth, (laughs) but I'm still going to call it because I'm going to see your potential. And before you judge somebody, you better hear about their circumstance and what they're going through. Because you don't know everybody that goes to this church and you don't know what they're dealing with and what they've dealt with for years. So you quit walking in condemnation. Because generally, if you condemn others, you are you're condemned in your own spirit. And you need to get out of that condemnation. Because there ain't no holier than thou's here. I need Jesus just like you need Jesus, but I've got him. <laughs> and I'm gonna give him. Now musicians, I don't know if you can play softly. I don't know if that's in your GNA. I said it on purpose. (laughs) Isn't it fun to be in God's house? Now, play softly if you can. I want you to sit down for a moment. I want you to demonstrate now. It's time to demonstrate. Okay. It's not time to just Shout because of the message. You got to get out of your place. And So we're not going to lay hands on anybody unless you want to come to the front. You come to the front. That's your permission that I can lay hands on you. Okay? So if you want to come to the front, you can come to the front. That's my permission and our permission to lay hands on you. If you don't come to the front, then you are not giving your permission, and that's fine. We're going to speak to you. We're going to speak the healing virtue of Jesus Christ. Jesus never grabbed a demon-possessed person and threw them on the ground and held them down. The devil did, but Jesus never did. Never ordered his disciples in one case to hold anybody down. He always told them to loose them and let them go. Even after they were healed, he didn't make them serve him. He let them go. Let them go. You got to learn to do that. You've got to learn to let people go. Even after you've poured into them, I've taught people Bible studies and they walk, come to church, get the Holy Ghost, find out it's a fight and they walk away. Yes, it is a fight. But you see, it's worth it. It's worth, it. Yes. It's worth, every lo- it's worth getting over everything. It's worth everything to serve Jesus Christ. It's worth everything. Now, if you're sick in your body, I want you to stand to your feet and you want prayer right now. If you're sick in your body, you're hurting, you need healing, you want me or someone else, Brother Strobel or Brother Stafford, to lay hands on you and you can come to the front. You don't have to, but you can. Now, saints of God, I want you to look around just to those that need healing. Sometimes I think we get too fast with what the demonstration that God wants to give because we're we're geared to the high energy and we think it needs to always be high energy for God to do anything. And and, and there's there's a place for high energy. I'm not not against that at all. I I like all the energy. You've got a lot of energy, even in a service like this on this Sunday morning with everything kind of different. You're still awesome. You've done awesome today. You really have. You've done awesome today. So I still thank you for that. Now, those of you men of God that have faith, I want some of you to go to Mike. I want some of you to go to Brother Carter. I want some of you to some of you ladies, some of you men. I want you to go to Brother Anthony. Some of you men, I want you to go to Curtis back there. And ladies, now I want you to go to Sister April, Sister Jennifer, uh, any other ladies. Uh, Sister Longaro, I want you to come to the precious lady back here, I've forgotten her name. Earlene, what's your... That's your aunt or your mama? That's your mama, okay. It's Earlene's mama, okay. <laughs> Earlene's mama. And so I want, and what you're going to do is very simple. And I just want you to say in the name of Jesus Christ, I bind that sickness in your body and I loose the healing and virtue of Jesus Christ into your body right now. I loose you speak it, don't, don't just cry about the situation. And that's, that's all right to do that at times. So I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because we all weep about our hurts and our pain. Everybody here does. And you need to do that. But right now, we are speaking to the problem. We are taking authority over every sickness. We are taking authority over every pain in your body. it, declare it, decree it, take authority, be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, those of you that are bound by depression, you are, you are dealing with anxiety and fear and what you're going to do in the future and, and all sorts of emotions that are overwhelming you. I want you to stand up or I want you to lift your hand or step out to the front, however you want to do that. And you just lift your hand right now, all in the back. Now, saints, I need you to be aware. You need situational awareness. You need to be aware of, what, of who's around you. This is good training. This is good opportunity for you to learn how to operate like Jesus. He was always aware of people that no one else was aware of. And he always allowed people to enter into his circle of influence that nobody else would have allowed. So... You speak to these people right now and you minister to them. Some of you come gather around Sister Erica over here in the back. I want you to come and gather around Goldie. Anybody else? This is your chance to get delivered. God's going to deliver you today. God's going to deliver you today. I feel healing in this house. Somebody's going to be healed and give a report. Darren, God's going to... I speak... Deliverance! I want you to bind that spirit of depression. Ta <laughs> I come against that anxiety, I speak against it, and that depression, and those emotions. And we're not judging you in these emotions, they're real. They come from real trying situations in your life. But Jesus designed you to be an overcomer and gave you authority to operate in the body as his representative with his mission and his glory. Right now, in Jesus' name, be healed, be delivered. came up to me a week ago with a broken toe that had been bothering her for weeks. For for four months. And we prayed last week and God has healed that toe in Jesus' name. She said, I can't dance and worship like I want to. Well, we're going to fix that. Yes. Church, you have authority. You need to operate in that authority. You need to be the church and let the wisdom of God shine in your spirit. I want you to lift your hands right now and begin to pray and worship the King and bless the wonderful name of Jesus and allow God to use you right now in worship to create an atmosphere. If you want the Holy...